This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? I do believe so, man. How about you? Oh, yeah. Live or Memorex? (laughs) What a nightmare. I don't understand why it'll randomly do that. It really makes no sense to me. I don't know. I don't touch any settings. When we're done recording, we're done. I just, I close it out. Everything (laughs) is as it was. And yet, somehow... From that time to this time, shit just goes crazy. And it seems like it's so random. It'll do it, and then it won't do it, and it'll do it. Yeah, we could be fine for months, and then it'll randomly fuck up three weeks in a row. Oh, well. It wouldn't be weird if it didn't do it, right? Weird? Like a pain in the ass. (laughs) Well, we did start the conversation with talking about Christmas, I was mm-hmm. telling you about my tease before we discovered the audio issue. Yeah. I don't know if that part will make it into the show or not. <laughs> Who knows what's <laughs> going to make it, man? I don't know if I have a fucking clue. But all those but exotic teas, I I tried. Whoever wanted a whole cup of whatever, I said, go ahead and drink it. Otherwise, I'll drink it. And I think it gave me some digestion stuff later in the day. Because... Damn. I, I didn't do anything else weird except for drink a bunch of glasses of different kinds of tea. Green and black, decaffeinated or caffeinated. And then when we went to Christmas round two at my in-laws. And everything was good. You know, we we were hungry. But that was around three o'clock. We got, no, we got there around four o'clock. So we had dinner before we opened up presents round two. And I thought, you know, you always eat a lot for a holiday. So I thought, eh, I ate a lot. I'm full. And then it was like a brick in my belly. <laughs> and the only thing I can figure out is all those teas that I had. I pooped there. Then I came home and pooped. And then I pooped again before bed. And in the morning, I pooped again. Like it was just an extravaganza. It wasn't diarrhea, though. All solid, baby. Wow. <laughs> Keep that in mind next time you're having some... uh if you're ever having constipation issues, drink a bunch of that tea and you're good. <laughs> Just all of them. That sucks. It was weird. It wasn't a good time. Were you like crampy? Like was your stomach all cramped up and shit too? Yeah. Yeah, it was it wasn't I wasn't comfortable. It was bad. Maybe all those herbs did something. I don't know. That's the only thing that I can think of that was out of the uh, yeah, unusual. Who knows, man. I don't know. What about you? What'd you get for Christmas? Besides the Yeti cup that will keep everything hot for days. There it is. Yeah, uh, I got one of those Ridge wallets. Ooh. Yeah, I've I've been wanting one 
but uh, they're so fucking expensive, dude. So my wife and kids got me one of those, which I'm very happy with. I don't know, you know, just some shit I needed, like some new socks, and my kids got me some candy. There we go. So, yeah, it was a good time. Socks and undies. No undies. No undies. No, no undies. Come on. You didn't blow any out this year? No, the problem is when my when they get my underwear gets old in them, I'll just I'll go get some more. But my socks, I usually wear them until they, I I blow the fucking heels out of them, dude. Like heels, like not, just not not just a little hole. Like I'll wear them until they're just an ankle bracelet at that point. <laughs> my whole foot's going through them, and my wife's like, "Please, for the love of God, throw that shit away." <laughs> I'm like, "All right." No, if, as soon as a sock gets a hole, I. It, Usually it's the toe for me, one of the toes. And then mm-hmm. I can feel my bare toe touching the inside of my shoe. Ooh. And it ruins the whole fucking day. I get to work and I can feel it. It's, it's only 8 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, whatever. And and that's the worst when it happens first time, first thing during the day. Yeah. I'm like, God, mother, I can't, how am I, I can't work. And then you think about it. You're thinking about it all day. All it's just day. always in your mind. You're like, <laughs> I can feel... That fucking toe rubbing the inside of my shoe. Then I get home, I rip it off, and throw that sock away because I have 40 others like it. Well, yeah, I mean, my fear is I'm going to throw it away, and then there's going to come a day where I'm like, shit, all my socks are dirty, except, you know what? I did have that pair that I fucking threw away. That's my that's my bad. No, you not know? the whole pair. Not the whole pair, just the one sock. No, you got to throw you gotta throw its match away too, dude. <laughs> Not if you have, I just get the ones at, at Walmart. It's the whole pack that all look alike. Oh, okay. There's not a right or a left. They're all the same. I like. I find Under Armour is, for me, the best sock. Incredible socks. You blow out the heel first. Well, I, I mean, I, I wear them. I wear the shit out of them. Like I, <laughs> I don't even know how. Like I'll wear them outside. Like I'll run out to the garbage. In my, just my socks. Mm, like I, okay. So I'm on the sidewalk and the fucking driveway and all that <laughs> shit in my socks. So I'm tearing, I'm tearing the shit out of them. Oh, uh, I see. But Under Armour, quality sock, huh? I love them. I even I wear them to work. I get I got the high ones for work and I got the low ones for leisure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, it looks like in the video, that stuff's not the only stuff you got for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, my wife and kids got me these little aliens. I don't know. In the video, you can see them. I got one on my mic stand, one back here by the, my sign. I even got a whole bag of them. What? <laughs> yeah, it came with a shitload of them. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the the Area 51 sign and this alien light. I know it's hard to see because of the lighting, but uh, my sister and nephew got those for me. Nice. Yeah. That's good That's stuff. A, I got to put it up. I even lowered my shelf for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we can see the whole thing. The entire height of those Stephen King books. Yeah. Well, two Stephen Kings, and I don't know. I just needed something on it, so I grabbed the first books, first few books I found in my room and put them on there. Chicken soup for the soul. I'm a little leery on the structural integrity of this shelf. What? Why? 
Yeah, well, because it, it I think it was only like twenty bucks at Lowe's. Okay. And it dips down in the front. I have it installed correctly, and I have the screws that mount into the bracket underneath. I have them screwed in correctly. It just kind of it, hmm. it rocks. So I'm a little leery on putting too much on it, weight wise. Yeah, to rotate the books out then. Yep. No encyclopedias. Well, fucking it over here is the size of an encyclopedia. <laughs> right. It's a big fucking book. Mm-hmm. Well, may as well get into our topic, right? Yeah. And this the, the second part to the Norse series, I guess. It's it's gonna be at least three, but I swear I it could be five. And we'd probably still be missing details. That's wild. There's so much going on. And a lot of my stuff came from those. I know I mentioned the websites in the first episode. And the books Uh, from uh, Matt Clayton's Captivating History. And what is this one? The Norse-Mythology.org. But I wanted to name this one Tales and Stories because, I mean, that's what they are. There is a difference between... Story and tale. It doesn't sound like there should be, but there is. Um, a story can be anything talking about an event or anything that happened in the past or in fiction. For example, in most books or TV shows talking about something you did last weekend, with your dad talking about how he met your mother, it would be all stories. A tale is a specific type of story. Usually tales are old stories that have a historical setting, magic and or blah, blah, blah. Okay. So now we know. Mm-hmm. Where did we leave off before? I there was, I don't think we really explained the concept of Yggdrasil, the the world tree, and I how it fits in the uh, the so. cosmos of the Norse mythology. I I don't remember where we left off. I don't remember hearing the full thing of that. Well, with everything that I've gathered up, what what I come to understand is it it kind of it seems like Yggdrasil is both. Uh, a visual visualization visualization of how the realms are set around the Norse stories and it's uh, kind of a concept too of Norse people's fates because uh, where do I start so Asgard the realm of the Acer gods is up in the branches or the sky surrounding the tree, above the tree. And then Midgard is the base of the tree. And then Hell would be under the tree, underground. And then we've got around the tree somewhere are the the original realms, the Muspelheim and Niflheim. They're, there's not really a clear map of where things are, but just through the stories, you, it kind of builds on the tree more and more. So, Muspelheim, Niflheim are out on the outskirts of the tree somewhere. And then across the middle of it, like where the branches would be, uh, Vanaheim would be to the west because there is one character that they talk about that went east to Asgard. And Asgard would be up in the middle. Okay. So, Vanaheim is off to the west. Then we have Jodenheim. And then there's... Now, in the last episode, I know I 
did mention the other name of the dwarf realm. It was uh, Sveltifime. I know I pronounced that wrong. But it, the other name for that is uh, Nita Valir. And did you watch the Thor Ragnarok movie? I want to say yes, but I, I don't remember. Did you see the part where uh, he got Stormbreaker forged? He found the dwarf on that planet? No. Maybe I didn't see those. Was that Ragnarok? Or was that Endgame? Might be in those Wasn't he up. fat in Endgame? Is Endgame the one where he got fat? And they found him in like a fucking little fishing town in Boston or some shit? Yeah. So, not Boston, Norway. Well, whatever, you know what I meant. <laughs> What's the difference, you know? The weather looks the same. Yeah, pretty much. Now, that, maybe that wasn't Endgame, it was, uh, damn it. Anyway. You could... You could tell me anything, and I'd believe you, because I just don't remember. <laughs> the name of that planet was Nita Valir, and that's where Stormbreaker and the in the Marvel movies got forged. And I don't I don't remember that dwarf's name in the movie. Is Stormbreaker that weird hammer axe thing he has? Yeah. Okay. And that I don't think that that has never been mentioned in any of the Norse tales that I've read up on. Oh, really? They just made it up for the movie? Yeah, I think they made it up for Marvel stuff. Okay. Well, you got to spice it up a little bit for... You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to throw something different in there. Although this seems like... Like Norse mythology seems like something you don't really need to spice up. But yet, sometimes they do. Right. And they... The guy, uh, Snorri Sturluson. Remember mm -hmm. his name? Yeah. He spiced it up with some... Christianity stuff because uh, Svartalfheim, the dwarf realm, is something that was in his stories and it was never in previous stories before that. They did mention Nidavellir before, but they never mentioned Svartalfheim. It's like he just made it up. I don't know why. Did, so he just changed the name or did he create a whole different realm that wasn't even there? I think he created a whole other realm that wasn't even there. And they, so there wasn't before okay. his stuff. They, what was it? They were dwarves, but I think in his stuff they were calling them black elves. Okay. So things are a little wishy washy. Things don't always add up. Things are a little wishy washy, and uh, if it makes sense, then I'll tell you what the difference is in in the stories and all that between. His stuff and before Snorri Sturluson put his stuff down. Yeah, I think that might be beneficial. But maybe they'll just get mixed up anyway. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Yggdrasil. The first element in Yggdrasil's name is Ygr. Y-D-G-R. It means terrible. But it's also one of the countless names of the god Odin. Ygr is one of them. Really? Yep. It's just one of those things. And then the uh, the second element is Drasil, which means horse. So Yggdrasil's name means horse of Odin. Oh, okay. So Somehow. I mean, I don't... That's not entirely clear because Odin has his own horse. Sleipnir. Sleipnir? Yeah. Sleipnir what? <laughs> Sleep near the fire. <laughs> you gotta be careful with that. <laughs> Ember might catch you on the buttocks. <laughs> I'll, I'll get into 
uh, Slebnir's origin in a bit because I wanted to get down through Yggdrasil stuff and then touch on the realms a little bit because this is all tales and stories. That's there's so much going on and you can take it so many different ways. But I what I do like about this stuff is like when I did Hermeticism, it was deeply philosophical. This stuff is more like stories and they're branching out on stories and stories and spin-offs of stories and generations of things happening. And like um what was it? Well you did the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I did Hermeticism, and what else did I do? Oh, the Book of Enoch. Those are all, like, I, I, somehow those became work. You know what I mean? Yeah. This To me, this doesn't feel like work. This is just, like, an ongoing tale. Like I just keep getting more and more details as I read deeper and deeper into things. Mm-hmm. Love it. Great. Yeah, that definitely makes the research a lot easier. Yeah, when it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And some of them you start researching, you're like, I just got to be done. So then you half-ass research just to get the episode done. Yeah. And you're like, that episode sucked. <laughs> right. But somehow, still number 83 on the good pods, <laughs> top 100. No, I'll take it, man. Hmm, where are we? Um, in old, old Norse literature, Idrisil is commonly said to be an ash tree. But at other times, it's said that no one knows the species to which the tree belongs. As with so many aspects of Norse mythology and religion, there doesn't seem to be any airtight consensus on on this during the Viking Age. And with different, uh, throughout the the years of the Vikings, the Norse era, people would, you know, they start a farmstead, they they would have a beautiful tree on their farmstead, and it would be kind of their, you know, their mini Idrisil to be a part yeah. of their, their farm and produce and thrive. So I, th- I thought that was fun. I've, I find it weird. Why, they, why would they call the tree the Horse of Odin? Like, I know that's, I know we're past that. Uh, right. But. I'm, I'm not sure either. I don't know how that came to be. Because in the in the creation, it was Muspelheim, Niflheim. They came together and created Emir, the giant, the original god or giant. And then he had offspring, and then they had offspring, and then their their offspring is Odin's generation. So what? What three generations from the the original god is Odin and his his first generation. And then, but then somehow uh, but then, a tree became a horse. Right. Where, where did the Yggdrasil come in? I don't know. It's, yeah, I didn't that's, mean to take us back. but No, no, no. It's, it's one of those weird gray areas about the whole thing because the, then they start giving Yggdrasil its own sort of myth. Like uh, it has roots in multiple places. And Literal- Snorri Sturluson has different takes on that too. Do you mean literally the tree's roots are in several places or it has like the legend has roots all over the place uh the legend has roots all over the place okay okay uh according to the poem grimnismal idrisil has three main roots one planet in midgard the world of mankind 
one in Jotunheim, the world of the giants, and one in hell, the underworld. Uh, in the poem Voluspa, it mentions only one well beneath the tree, the well of Erd, or the well of fate. But in Snorri Sturluson's Prose Eda, it says there are actually three wells beneath the tree, one for each of its roots. The well of Erd, according to him, is not below Idrisville, as it is in the Voluspa poem. It's actually in the sky, and the root that grows out of it bends upward into the sky. So we have a root, or we have the well, and then the root comes out of that. The well of Erd is where the gods hold their daily council meetings, which is contradicted later on when Odin goes to uh, goes for more knowledge. And I'll get into that too. Okay. Uh, the second well, this is according to Snorri Sturluson's Prosita, is called uh, Fergromir. H-V-E-R-G-E-L-M-I-R. Try to pronounce that. Fergromir? Yeah, that's what I, I would probably pronounce it the same exact way. <laughs> And that means either bubbling cauldron or roaring kettle. And it's the body of water beneath the second root, which stretches into Niflheim, the world of primal ice. And then there's a... Uh, I don't know if I'll get into the story of Nidhogg. Uh, that's the route that Nidhogg chews. So Nidhogg is some kind of uh, dragon that just nibbles on the tree. Not Jormungandr. He's the Midgard serpent. That's something different. It's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> the third well is that of the wise being Mimir, and it, its roots lie in the realm of the giants. Now, Mimir, Mimir is in Mimir hmm? is in God of War. I I've been noticing a lot of things in God of War, like um, uh, so you start the, you started playing it. Yeah, I'm I'm into it now. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> awesome. I I wanted to bring this knowledge into the game and vice versa. See where things intertwine so I, there's a lot of artistic creativity for sure for the game yeah because i've only fought that the main boss was that first guy who attacked his cabin he was the first boss really to do anything oh. uh balder balder was, was it balder yeah the first one he just seemed like some viking dude just some like he was a skinny dude right he kept saying like I can't feel pain. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Balder. What? Mhm. Mm I hope I didn't just spoil it. I don't I don't know if you find his name out right away. No. But according to the Norse stuff, Balder is a beautiful god of light. He's like the the epitome of handsome, the the best-looking thing, the god of light. He's super nice. He's so nice and so kind and generous that he just radiates light yeah so that does come up later in the game but i won't tell you because i don't know i don't know if that is part of uh norse mythology or not what happens in the game i don't know Guess so I, I, yeah i won't say it but it's it's kind of interesting what happens with that later on all right right now i'm at the part where i'm kind of sailing around in the boat and I got to, uh, I think it's Alfheim. Yeah, I'm in Alfheim. And I'm trying to reignite the light because it, it dimmed out in Alfheim. And I'm That's fighting those. Oh, it's great, good. <laughs> it is such a bitch because you then you end up fighting like the king of the dark elves. 
Great. Uh, yeah, that's what and, I'm saying. The the dark and the light elves are just fighting each other all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a bitch. Great. That's good. Uh, I went over to this one spot and I sailed over. I don't know if I just randomly found it or if it directed me there. But there was this weird sparkling thing and I walked up to it and there's these two creatures that jump out and they kick mm. my ass like four yeah. times. I'm like, what can <laughs> yeah. I what can I do? Then I walked around the corner before I went to that thing, and you can just keep going. You can skip that fight for now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those are completely optional as well. So I'm like, well, fuck those guys. I'm not good enough to fight those guys yet. But I guess we'll keep going. All right. Uh, Where are we at with time? About a half hour in. Okay. Yeah, we'll keep going. Uh, Let's see. Yggdrasil. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. It, it is weird that they call the tree the Horse of Odin because he rides his horse up and down Yggdrasil to visit the different realms. He, so he rides a horse on his horse? He rides his horse on his Horse of Odin. I know. See? Yeah. What the weird. fuck? <laughs> Maybe uh, it's just some weird translation thing that got screwed up. You know yeah, what I mean? There, there's probably uh, tons of that going on. Just like the Bible. The Bible's so old that uh, who the fuck even knows if we're reading the right thing? Yeah, right. Because it's an interpretation of an interpretation of an interpretation of a copy of a copy of a copy. Exactly. And then eventually it becomes somebody's opinion on how you live your life. Yeah. It's like the the guy who's translating it, he's like, I don't like what he said here. I'm going to just put in what I think. Should mm-hmm. happen? Yes. And the Lord said, everyone shall give, bring on the weird, $5 a month. <laughs> so say it's the Lord. It says right here in the Bible, buddy. It's right <laughs> here. We got we to gotta do it. Everybody. All the people. So say it the Lord, you it, said, right? Right. It doesn't matter how much you make. We're not going to take more from a billionaire than we are from the guy who doesn't have a house. Hey, hey. Well, of course we'll take more from the billionaires, man. <laughs> Elon Musk crazy? is only going to pay $11 billion in taxes this year. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. That Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. $11 billion? Yeah. And somebody had the audacity, one of the higher officials had the audacity about, uh, I, know, I know it was a tweet about bitching about him not paying enough taxes. And he, he was like, I have paid more taxes than anybody in history this year. He's paying more in taxes this year than like anyone else in history. Than people make and throughout their entire lives. Yeah. That's outrageous. Yeah. Not outrageous in a bad thing, in a, in a bad way. It's just, it's the, that number is so fucking huge. I can't even imagine. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> I just want one one of those billion, and I can figure some shit out. Give me a million. I'm yeah, good that's with fine. a million. That's fine. I said it time and time again. Just, I just want to live comfortable. I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck, but that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Not if everybody. I just want all my bills. Gives paid. us five bucks a month. Ooh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm, down the tree we go. Well averred. Snorri Sturluson, Bubbling Cauldron. Oh, yeah, Mimir. 
that's where we were. The, yep. Now, Yggdrasil was sometimes called uh, Mimir, Mimir, post of Mimir. So it makes sense that Mimir would be there uh, and that he would be part of the tree before Snorri Sturluson because so hard. <laughs> Mima Mudir happened before the na- that name was before Snorri Sturluson. Okay. Did you say something about Mimir being at the gate of Jotunheim? Uh, no. I, th- I thought that- you had just said that. Maybe I'm wrong. He was a, I believe he was a giant, but he was one of the Acer gods because later on something happened with Mimir during and right after the Acer veneer war. The Acer guides are from Asgard. The Vanir guides are from Vanaheim. Mm-hmm. And there's really not a whole lot about the, the Vanir gods, except we know about Njord, Freya, and Freyr. Njord's the father, and Freya and Freyr are the son and daughter. Well, daughter and son. Freya's the daughter. Freyr's the son. And the thing about that is there's some... There's some thought that they are twins, twin gods, but n- n- twins were never mentioned in anything Norse. So you know, p- some people might think they're some kind of like a Gemini type thing, but they're not. They're completely different. Freya eventually became, and that's very, very mixed up too. Freya was either her own self or they have, they've given that entity three different names. So there's Frigga, there's Freya, and possibly Freya, which another story says Freya is their mother, Freya and Freya's mother. I know. You're not making any kind of face, but it doesn't make any fucking sense, does it? No, it doesn't. (laughs) There's Frigga, Freya, and possibly Freya, which is spelled F-R-I-J-A, which could have been their mother, uh, a veneer goddess. So there's a lot of stories that are similar for Freya and Frigga and Freya. So it, to to simplify it, we're just going to have them all all one. There's uh. there's multiple ones for Odin also. So there's Odin, Woden. Uh, I know. Fucking it, Odin and Woden. And there's just Ode. Edward Snowden. <laughs> Maybe he's a descendant of Odin. I don't know, or he is Odin, or he's snowed in. Oh, man, a piece of hair sticking up over here. <laughs> the Freya thing's a mess. Um, damn it, where was I? Mimir was an Acer god. We'll leave it at that for now. We talked about Muspelheim, the primordial world of fire. Niflheim is. Possibly an invention of Snorri himself, pretty much the same deal as Muspelheim. Niffle is found in Old Norse poems and as a poetic embellishment of hell, and those poems are older than Snorri's. But Niflheim only shows up in Snorri's works. Niflheim and hell could be the same place, or they could be different places. There's no real real way to tell. It's one of those toss-ups that, did Snorri make it up? Did did he not make it up? Who knows? Yeah. I'm, where does Snorri say he gets this info from? He translated it? He 
it was a compilation of a bunch of sparse tales from around the Norse world because okay. they were in different parts. They couldn't all just be together all the time because of the weather, the Norse people. And, of course, they didn't like each other either, but that's a, that's a different thing. And then the Christian, Snorri Sturluson, tried to compile all this stuff, and when stuff didn't make any sense, he just started making up his own stuff for the stories. So he, <laughs> he related his Christianity and inserted stuff that was similar to Christianity, and it was either he was either persuaded to do it by the Christian church or it, he wanted to make it seem like it was similar so that the Norse people felt a little more connected to Christianity. Yeah. He's like, guys, hear me out. Odin, guess what? He had a son, and he sent him to this earth <laughs> to die for you. And they're like, wait a second. Whoa. This sounds like something else. Odin had a What? That sounds like Christianity. <laughs> well, I know it does, but look, hey, this is what happened. I know it sounds similar, but it's not the same. It's not exactly the same. It's true. I chiseled it right into the stone. <laughs> you chiseled it? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's uh, it's right here in the stone that was chiseled. Hell, hell is its own whole thing. It's there's so many things around hell that I, there's no way that I could get into all of it right now. Of course, hell is the goddess of the hell realm, Helheim. Where does hell? And maybe H-E-L. this is hell. What? H e l. Yeah, is hell, not H e l l. Right, but we. I don't. I don't know what came first. It was either Snorri Sturluson's version of Norse hell or the Christianity hell, and they came together. But what we do know, oh, uh, I mean, they definitely had some sort of mixture, but I guess saying that now that I think about it, that's somewhat wrong because they the hell was there before Snorri Sturluson's stories, his prosita and all that. Because there was multiple parts of hell. and mm-hmm. But things that he did make up for hell was the names of some of the stuff that was in hell. Because he, I don't know why he thought he needed to do that. Uh, of all the old Norse sources, only one describes hell as a thoroughly unpleasant place. The Prosita of the 13th century Icelandic scholar Snorri Sturluson. Snorri wrote many generations after Norse paganism had given way to Christianity and ceased to be a living tradition, and he had a habit of stretching the evidence available to him to present his pre-Christian ancestors as having anticipated aspects of Christianity. His downright comically over-the-top portrayal of hell is an excellent example of his tendency for, for this. For Snorri, the plate of the goddess hell is called hunger, Her servants are slow and lazy. The threshold of her door is called stumbling block. Her bed is illness or disease. And her curtains are called bleak misfortune. Come on, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Similarly laughable is Snorri's assertion that those who die in battle go to Valhalla, the sublime hall of the god Odin, while those who die of sickness or old age go to hell without any chance of being able to fight any time later. Snorri himself blatantly contradicts his distinction between Valhalla and hell in his version of the tale of the death of Balder, 
Odin's son, which we're not going to talk about yet. Hmm. And I believe this happened early on in the game God of War, but in hell, there's uh, a path that you can go on, and there's one tale about them going, oh, yeah, I'll just read it to you. While he was living with uh, Ragenhild, Hadding had another mysterious experience. A woman appeared bearing some herbs. Wishing to know where such herbs grew in winter, Hadding went with this woman under the earth. They passed through mists and then through sunny, fertile regions where the herbs had grown. Then they came to a raging torrent, flowing with weapons. So in hell, there is just this river of swords and weapons and crap. A river of it. Damn. <laughs> Crazy, right? Uh, crossing by a bridge, they came upon armies of fallen warriors, locked in eternal battle. As they pressed forward, a wall stood in their way. They could go no further. But the woman tore off the head of a cock, which she happened to have with her, and flung it over the wall. Immediately, the cock came to life and crowed. So, in what? the path to... I know, I know. In the path, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. But there apparently there's a there's a path you can follow if you are not dead. And then she killed the chicken, threw it over the fence, and then it came back to undead life. So if you enter if you go over that, then you come back as undead and can't walk that path anymore. Damn. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? I don't know if it is or not. <laughs> So it means you can just wander into the world of the dead and just kind of look around. Probably don't want to be there too long, right? Probably not. But if you, if somehow, I wonder if it would be possible to go communicate with a loved one. If you knew how to get to this path and you could somehow get your recently deceased loved one to come to the edge of the fence, could you still communicate with them? I don't know. It's interesting. Possibly, there might be some sort of, maybe like a sound barrier. You know what I mean? Like maybe you won't be able to communicate with somebody who is, I don't know. You know what I mean? You like you can't just say like, "Hey, what's up, pops? How's it going?" Right. You know, maybe there's some sort of, like they're on a different frequency than the living. You know what I mean? You know how like, yeah. how like audio can pick up voices that other people don't hear. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's something similar to that. Maybe there's a, a whole other frequency that they communicate on and they can't get to ours. Like they're on AM and we're on FM. That's crazy to even think about something like that. But I'm, well, I was going to say it's possible. I don't fucking know if it's possible <laughs> or not. It, right. seems plaus it seems plausible. Right. But I wonder if it would be the same thing for the light spectrum, the visual spectrum. Maybe we can't get there anymore because we literally can't see it. Well, I mean, we know for a fact that there's parts of the light spectrum that we can't even see. Could we before, like in 1,500 years ago? Could the Scandinavian people of the years 500 to 1,000 be in touch in a different way? Yeah, I believe they could have because they don't have all this uh, electricity flying through the air. right. Like all these fucking radio waves and microwaves and fucking all this other shit, like all this interference, all this stuff that's fucking with our bodies, 
they didn't have it back then. So their body was fully in tune and may have been able to see more. That's crazy. Just think about something like that. It is fucking nuts. If we could just turn it all off, what else could we see? What else could we know? I think feel. Honestly, I think it would. I think it would take generations. Even if that was the case, I think it would take generations to get back to the way we used to be. You know what I mean? If we shut it off, you and I, we shut it off, and we just got a cabin out in Wyoming, right? We're living out in Wyoming, nothing around us. We're just nothing. We're away from all of it. I don't think much would change for us. We'd be more at peace, but I think eventually, like, our great-grandkids or great-great-grandkids would start to, like, be more in tune with that. I mean, look at Native Americans. Native Americans are the, the, or whatever you want to call it, Native Americans, Indians, whatever. They were in tune with all kinds of weird shit, man. Right. But they didn't have, cell, they weren't carrying around cell phones and, you know, walking under power lines <laughs> and living with Wi-Fi routers, just blasting them with <laughs> uh, bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. As much as you and I, we rely on all this technology. That's how we get this show done. Right. But it's terrible. <laughs> Just thinking about that is, yeah, I would totally agree that it would take a while to get it out of our system. Yeah, you and I could go out there, like you said, but what's it going to do? It would be like a, it would be a deafening silence for the first generation to do it. Yeah. I believe you would start to feel, you would start to notice some things. But I don't think, I think it would take a while for all of that to kind of get out of you. I think, honestly, I I think kids would have to be born and then kids would have to be born to those kids for it to kind of filter out. A detox. Yeah, essentially. Like you're just running it through a shitload of filters. (laughs) Eventually it's gone. Wow. Our Christmas lights would just be fire. From candles. Yep. Be a lot of house fires. A lot of Christmas trees going up in flames. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'd have to celebrate the Christmas tree outside. We'd have to be outside. You could do that. On the opposite side of the outhouse. Because that's flammable too. That's very flammable. A lot (laughs) of gases in there. Well, maybe not. They weren't exactly airtight, those outhouses. (laughs) You know? A lot of holes in them. We should take a break. Holy shit. Yes, we should. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That was a fine distraction, but now we need to get back to it because there's still so much more to talk about. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about Mimir, and then this will help us get into more of the tales and stories that I thought I was going to get to even sooner, but uh, there's just so much more to, if people want to dig into stuff, norse-mythology.org. 
and the Matt Clayton books, each one has their own details about different aspects of Norse mythology. There's so much on this website, too. Um, I, I freaking love it. There's just so much going on all over the place. Yeah, it's fun shit. So Mimir is an exceptionally wise being and a counselor of the gods. And it's not, according to the website, it's not, it's impossible to tell whether he was actually an Acer god or a giant. So, but the thing is, later on after the Aesir-Veneer War, he was a, a trade-off as an Aesir god to the Veneer gods. I'll get into that in a second. Um, Mimir's home. You mean like a POW? Um, more of a peace treaty offering. <laughs> they were just like, we'll give you this person? I think that's how things went, even in 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 reality in history. So Jeez. two two warring factions were like, "Man, look, we can either just fight each other until we're all dead, or tell you what, you take three of ours and we'll take three of yours, or or something like that." We want Joseph Mangala, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we cut his it. head off. Real, real slowly. We did a fucking show on this. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. Well, we'll mm. trade. It's not a kidnapping. It's more of a peace treaty between tribes. Um, okay. Mimir's home seems to be a well called Mimir's Brunner, which is probably identical to the well of Erd. And there's one story where Odin was seeking knowledge as Odin wants to do and he came to Mimir and he he wanted more in the story they don't they're not sure what Odin actually got out of the deal but there's one story where Odin sought out Mimir and eventually got to him and Mimir's like look I'll I'll give you a sip of the well of Erd but what are you going to give me in turn and Odin's like uh well I just walked here, dude. Like, what What can I give you? And then he convinced Mimir that he had something in his possession that was of great value and has uh, experienced many things. And he was like, oh, yeah, what, what do you think? What do you got? And Odin said, my right eye. Or the other one is Mimir's like, look, I, I want your right eye because it, it's full of perception so either Mimir asked for it or Odin tricked him into taking it anyway. But that was one of the things Odin sacrificed was his was his eye for greater knowledge of something. That's they don't know what he actually got out of the deal. But needless to say, Odin dragged himself back to Asgard with his eye whole bleeding, but happy that he was had more knowledge. How much I mean how much more knowledge did he get? Because it had to be a lot. To yeah. just pop your eye out. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know if this was... Maybe he got foresight for something about... I don't know. Having to build a wall around Asgard to protect from further destruction or further... You know, just defensive things. Or... It was either foresight into something or, oh, I don't know. 
because Odin has another tale. I I'll, I'll get to that in a minute too. <laughs> uh, as sparse as the knowledge is of Mimir, he it seems to suggest that the Vikings thought of him as being, as the being who helped the gods retain the wisdom wisdom of ancestral tradition, which served as an invaluable guide for their actions. And after that, well, yeah, that was the uh, told you about how Odin got lost his eye for that. Uh, it, one interpretation of that whole story of why Odin sacrificed his eye, the most general and obvious message of this tale is that for those who share Odin's values, no sacrifice is too great for wisdom. The sources for our current knowledge of the pre-Christian mythology and religion of the Norse and other Germanic peoples are, however, silent on exactly what kind of wisdom Odin obtained in exchange for his eye. But they're saying the fact that Odin specifically sacrificed an eye is surely significant. In all ages, the eye has been seen as a poetic symbol for perception in general. Consider the astonishing number of expressions, both in everyday usage and in the works of the great canonical poets that use vision as a metaphor for perceiving and understanding something. Given that Odin's eye was sacrificed in order to obtain an enhanced perception, it seems highly likely that his pledge of an eye symbolizes trading one mode of perception for another. So there's that. Yeah, that's interesting. And while we're on Odin's sacrifices, <coughs> according to the this story, he discovered the Germanic runes by sacrificing himself. So... Essentially, the like an archaic alphabet. Okay. But the Germanic runes, or yeah, the Norse runes, Germanic runes had magical qualities to them. So what he did to sacrifice himself to get that knowledge, I don't know if he was sought out. I think there's two different versions of that. He either sought just simply sought out more knowledge, and so he went through this. Uh, a uh, process, a quest to obtain more knowledge and he happened to get the runes or he was seeking out the runes specifically. So that's why he went, he specifically went through this trial. So he, I mean, he, he didn't kill himself, but he injured himself with his own spear so that he was on the brink of death and he didn't want any kind of help. People offered him help. So he, he went to Yggdrasil and hung from the tree. I don't think he hung by his neck or anything like that. Maybe some stories would say that, but nothing actually says he hung himself. He was just hanging there. Maybe like a okay. Iron Maiden or, you know, bound up with his hands or whatever. But yeah. he, he injured himself with his spear, and he hung there, with, and he turned away any kind of help at all. He, so he didn't eat or drink. And he was bleeding for nine days and nine nights. That's another thing. The the nines and all the Norse stuff. I think we talked about that in the previous episode. Yeah, about the... I said I mentioned something about the Council of Nine. But yeah. I don't know if that is just from... That could just be from the God of War game. Oh, I don't know. I don't think there's any Council of Nine in the Norse mythology. Maybe there is somewhere. But nines are a big deal. Uh, so he discovered, as he was coming to the end of those nine days and nine nights of self-torture, essentially, he 
started to get the vision of the runes, which is the old Germanic alphabet. Which, I mean, that's a pretty fucking cool way to discover the alphabet, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you sacrificed yourself, and it's like, oh, shit, now, now I know the alphabet. It's like going to kindergarten. You rip from your parents. <laughs> you go to kindergarten, and you're forced to sit at a desk for nine weeks. But every day you got to almost kill yourself <laughs> before you, yeah, like, all right, you're going to learn today. I don't want the spear again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no. Today, C starts cat. Cat starts with the letter C. I wasn't very good at school. That's why I said it backwards. <laughs> C. C. S- S- C. <laughs> That's a marking period, isn't it? Nine weeks is a marking period. I don't know. I don't remember. It sounds right. Nine weeks, yeah. Is that right? Nine weeks is something. And then 27 weeks is the whole, no, that would be four. 36 weeks is the whole year, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably about right. So if you start at the end of August or the beginning of September, for simplicity, let's call it beginning of September, September, uh, October, November... So Thanksgiving is about nine weeks, and that's the end of the first marking period. Usually that's when school conferences are, is the week of Thanksgiving, because they're off. Yep. Holy shit. That's usually right, that's right around the time I would get my ass beat every year. You fucking getting me right now? Yeah. And then right before Christmas is when they gave you the report cards. Like, come on, you bastard, you're screwing me here. See, it's not for sat. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I had to tell my parents, F, guys, listen, I know it sounds bad, but it means fantastic. I'm doing phenomenal in math. Don't worry. Phenomenal. That's spelled with a PH. What the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, there's an F in uh, English, too. I'm doing fabulous. PH. (laughs) Yeah, that one's spelled with a PH. (laughs) They're like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? The runes are the written letters that were used by the Norse and other Germanic peoples before the adoption of the Latin alphabet in the later Middle Ages. See? Fucking Latins. Come out of nowhere. Unlike the Latin alphabet, which is an essentially utilitarian script, the runes are symbols of some of the most powerful forces in the cosmos. In fact, the word rune and its cognates across past and present Germanic languages mean both letter and secret slash slash mystery. The letters called lo- runes. What? I fucking love runes. I don't know. They just, they look so fucking cool. Like, especially like these. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, if I could just fucking learn it, if I could learn it and write it, nobody know what I'm saying, man. It would be badass. It's like a code. I, I, I kind of want to get into it because, you know, reading about it like this, they're like, they got magical properties. Yeah. What's, what's my name in runic? Ooh. Yeah. That's some juicy magic cool. right there. Uh, the letters called runes allow one to access, interact with, and influence the world-shaping forces they symbolize. Thus, when Odin sought the runes, he wasn't merely attempting to acquire a set of arbitrary representations of human vocal sounds. Rather, he was uncovering an extraordinarily potent system of magic. Now that's badass. I just found my fucking name in Norse runes, dude. What? It's a thing you can just go do it? Yeah, yours looks like pill. It looks like a P, I, 
and then two almost two upside down L's. What? How'd you do that? Yeah. I'm on nordicrunes.info and then there's a rune converter. I just searched Norse like what did I search? Norse rune translator. That's so cool. Alright. Mine is like a M, an R, oh, an I, some weird little O looking thing, an F and an H. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'm writing runes. Enter your text mm. and have it converted into the nearest equivalent runes. Transliterate. Yeah, transliterate. <laughs> Whoa. Awesome. But what does it What mean? if we did? Whoa, I just did bring on the weird. It's a bad ass or what? It's fuck it's uh it's something. I'm gonna get that tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would ever wow. No one would ever know what that means. Now we don't even know for sure it means that. Right. <laughs> We're just taking their word for it, man. Yeah, but if you just do them separately, they're it'd be different, wouldn't it? Oh. Maybe. Hmm, that's interesting. Awesome. Better get back mm-hmm. to it. So cool. Yeah. So was that nordicrunes.info? If you want to play with your names and things. I just copied it. I'll put it in the... There you go. There's the Rockfin link. Boom. Or the link in Rockfin. See, if you guys were watching us, you'd have it. Ooh, right there. In real time. Mm-hmm. Not in fake time. Not in fake time. Then you can play around with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Ten bucks a month, you can join Rockfin. Give us a follow. You get all these episodes live and uncut. You get to see all of our mistakes. And sometimes we don't Literally. know when they're going to be live until we get ready to do it. We try it, and sometimes we have to stop it. <laughs> and sometimes we do an entire episode and find out it did nothing. Boy, I hate that when that happens. Yeah, we almost had it today. Thank <laughs> God it was caught. <laughs> Having been initiated into the mysteries of the runes, Odin recounted, Then I was fertilized and became wise. I truly grew and thrived. From a word to a word, I was led to a word. From a work to a work, I was led to a work. Ooh. Hmm. So fun, isn't it? Yeah. From a beer to a beer, I was led to a beer. Yes. Yep. Now I'm thinking about what beer I'm going to have when we're done. Hmm. High octane. Ooh. Well, now we've talked about, told you a little bit about Freya. Oh, want to get into the Acer Veneer War. Damn it. Let's do it. Let's do it like this. Throughout most of the Norse tales, deities from the two tribes, the Acer and the Veneer, get along fairly easily, and it's hard to pin down firm distinctions between the two groups. But there was a time when that wasn't the case. The Veneer goddess Freya, which I told her she's kind of all over the place, Maybe she's just Freya, or she's Frigga too, or she's Freya. Now you said in the last episode she was like a party animal, right? Yeah, and I'll I'll get into that. Okay. Uh, she was always the foremost practitioner of the art of Seder, the most terribly powerful kind of magic. And I could get down a little more details into what Seder is, but I'll... Give you a quick, quick rundown of what it is. Okay. Uh, it's a form of pre-Christian Norse magic and shamanism <clears throat> concerned with discerning the course of fate and working within its structure to bring about change. 
which was done by a symbol, symbol, symb, <laughs> symbolically. I want to put another O in there. Symbolically <laughs> weaving new events into being. <laughs> Sometimes words are hard. Simba, sim, Simba, sim. <laughs> Simba. <laughs> and it was just like it was a normal word. It just for some reason it, the translation from the screen to your eyes to your brain to your mouth just didn't. No. I, I get there all the time, man. I'm the same way. I wanted to add another O in there, like symbolologically. Nope, that's not it. Sim, <laughs> sim. <laughs> uh, weaving new events into being. To do this, the practitioner with ritual distaff in hand entered an ecstatic trance in, or, in order to be able to interact with the world of spirit. And there's a whole giant thing on here about more about Seder and how it works, but I'm not going to get into all that. Needless to say, Freya was very good at it. Okay. Uh, under the name Bright, she eventually came to Asgard, the home of the Aesir. The Aesir were quite taken by her powers and zealously sought her services, but soon they realized that their values of honor, kin loyalty, and obedience to the law were being pushed aside by the selfish desires they sought to fulfill with the witch's magic. Blaming Freya for their own shortcomings, the Aesir called her... Gulvig, or gold greed. So she was a gold digger. And attempted to murder her. Three times they tried to burn her, and three times she was reborn from the ashes. That's how bad as she is. Damn. Sounds like Salem. Burn her at the stake. Yep. I wonder if that's where they got it from. They're like, uh, I remember this, one, this thing one time. Snorri Sturluson. They burned her up. Probably. <laughs> I doubt it, because if she keeps coming out of the ashes i don't think that's a good thing you know what i mean like if you're like that's a witch burn her at the stake and she comes out of the ashes they're like do it again each time she's just like even more angry she's like that really hurt guys now i'm gonna cast a lot of spells here now you know him. congratulations you, you yeah, die now you're screwed <laughs> because of this the acer and veneer came to hate and fear one another and those hostilities erupted into war the Aesir fought by the rules of plain combat with weapons and brute force. So Odin, Vili and Vil, um, I don't know if, uh, I'm pretty sure Thor and some of his people were there. Are you with me? Yeah. Oh, you look frozen. Oh. Um, while the Veneer used these subtler means of magic. So I, I don't know what subtle magic is, but somehow... Both the forces that were fighting were pretty um, equivalent. The war went on for some time, with both sides gaining the upper hand by turns. So sometimes the Aesir would be upper hands, uh, and the Veneer would have the upper hand. So eventually they were like, this is, this is pointless. What are we doing? Eventually the two tribes of divinities became wary of fighting and decided to call a truce. As was customary among the ancient Norse and other Germanic peoples, the two sides agreed to pay tribute to each other by sending hostages to live among the other tribe. Freya, Freyr, and Njord of the Vanir went to the Aesir, and Honir and Mimir went to the Vanir. Honir we haven't talked about yet. He was, uh, I guess he could be considered some sort of an advisor, but the thing about him is 
it appeared as though he got his advice from Mamir. So somebody would go to Honir and ask a question, and he'd be like, hmm, I'll get back to you on that. And then he would go seek out Mamir. I don't know what kind of sacrifice he would have given to Mamir for further knowledge. They don't get into that. But when the veneer had Honir and Mimir, and I, there's a lot of ears in here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Ear, yeah. ear, ear, ear. Ear, ear. <laughs> uh, the, when Mimir wasn't in around Honir and the veneer were asking him uh, advice, he'd be like, man, it's hard to tell right now. I, you know, the sources aren't clear on this. But when Mimir was around, he, he would get their answers. So the veneer were like, hmm. that's fucked up. I think we got a raw deal here. We gave them Nyord, Freya, and Freyr, and we got these two jackasses. <laughs> so what they did was, I, I wanted to tell the story of Mimir before we got into the war, the Acer and Veneer war, because the Veneer were like, fuck this. It, we'll keep Honir. We'll cut off Mimir's head. Here you go, Aesir. Here's Mimir's head. Odin was... He didn't know what to do. I mean, the, the war was over, so he cast some sort of magic on Mimir's head to keep it as an advisor. Hmm. So was Mimir a giant? We don't know. But I wouldn't kept it as uh, some sort of some sort of advisor. That's a, that's pretty interesting because that does come out come up in the game. What? But differently. Okay. Differently, <laughs> but sort of. The same. You'll you'll know. You'll you'll get to that point. Okay. Oh, my phone's about dead because I've been letting the video run. <laughs> anyway, let's see where are we at. All right. Let me run down. I'm gonna tell you the Thor's origin, and then Loki's origin. I think we'll end it, and then we'll get into Loki okay. tales. Uh, Thor. Well, everybody knows who Thor is, but the idea of Thor is the the epitome of male warrior. He was the the most obedient, loyal, fit warrior that is ever going to be. Was he fit? Cuz I heard he was kind of like a fat ass. Oh, really? Yeah, I I had heard that they when they did the Marvel thing, they were they were kind of far off with Thor and that he was more like when they found him in that fu- in Norway. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard he was he was a drunk and he always had a big old gut, but he was like a, he was still a warrior. He just he was just, you know, like like a a pirate captain or whatever. Like he's just always drunk, but he's fighting the fucking guys just chugging beers and shit. Wow. No, that's what I heard. Uh but that was I don't remember when that was. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it makes sense because he's a he's a party boy too. Like he's the the epitome of party but warrior, and he's just the. Well, it says Thor, the brawny thunder god, is the archetype of a loyal and honorable warrior, the ideal toward which the average human warrior aspired. He is the defender of the Aesir gods and their fortress, Asgard from the encroachments of the giants, who are usually, although far from invariably, the enemies of the gods. So he's just, I mean, it, 
I know he is a, a party animal and he can definitely drink an ocean's worth of ale or mead. Mm. I don't know, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, everybody knows that he's just a badass warrior, whatever his body type is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it does get into his parentage here, and here we go. Given his ever-vigilant protection of the ordered cosmos of pre-Christian Northern Europe against the forces of chaos, destruction, and entropy represented by the giants, it's somewhat ironic that Thor is himself three-quarters giant. His father Odin is half-giant, being the offspring of mm, Boar and a giantess. I can't remember the giantess' name. Okay. And then Thor's mother is Yord, Old Norse for Earth, is entirely of giant ancestry. However, such a lineage is very common amongst the gods and shows how the relationship between the gods and the giants, as tense and full of strife as it is, can't be reduced to just enmity. enmity. So that's Thor's origin. Okay. And we'll get into Yonar's origin later. I'm going to tell you about Loki. And his parents, real quick, because you know they're not. It's not Odin. You knew that, right? Right. Yeah. Mm, so Loki is the trickster god of North mythology, and it's probably because he he's the adopted son. I should try to cool. find. I don't know how he became under the under Odin and all them, because his familiar relations attest to his being a little bit crazy. His father is a giant Farbaldi. His mother is Laufey, the meaning of which is unknown, or uh, Laufey Nal. Could be a goddess, a giantess, or something else entirely. The surviving sources are silent on this point. And I think in the... I know I keep relating to the Marvel stuff, but I mean, that's what everybody knows. Uh, I think in the Loki show on Disney+, Plus, his name was Loki Laufey's son. Okay. So that's where his mother came from. But I don't know. I guess I'd have to dig deeper to see where, why he came under Odin and the other Acer gods and to be the half-brother of Thor, unless you know. Because for some reason it doesn't I, actually say that here. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, don't they say in Marvel, though? <clears throat> I know it's not the same, but in the Marvel tale, didn't, Odin and whatever, didn't they battle the frost giants? Yeah, and they found a baby. And, and it was him, right? Right. Which that whole thing seems so, pretty uh, unclear too because I think in the movies they found the frost giant baby when when they brought him into their home, he turned from blue to their flesh tone, but yeah. he's a shapeshifter too. And apparently he learned that from Freya, their mother. And according to that story, Thor and Freya are Odin's... Not Odin. What? Odin and Freya are Thor's parents. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the case in actual Norse mythology either. Oh, okay. It, Odin's his dad, but Freya's not his mother. Or Frigga. Is it Frigga in the movies? I don't remember. I have no idea. But... I guess we 
could probably end it here, and then we'll get into all the things that Loki fathered with a giantist, Anger Boda. You know about his kids, right? Loki's kids? Yeah. I think I might only know... Actually, I, the only one I know of is Hell, but I don't know... I might, I might. Maybe the maybe in the next episode it might ring a bell, you know what I mean? It might like jog my memory, but nothing off the top of my head. He's got four of them, and one of them is the way that one came to be is one of the strangest tales among all these tales. Hell is one. You named her. But I think we'll save mm-hmm. the rest for the next episode. Beautiful. All right. Well, I mean, that's how we're going to end it right there. So if you got anything to add to any of that, hit us up on podchaser.com slash bring on the weird. Leave five stars. Um, Applepodcast.com or the app, app, I guess, and search bring on the weird. Leave us five stars there and tell us what you think. Uh, Apparently, we're doing pretty good on Good Pod. Yep. And, of course, you know all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and damn it, maybe we'll have to do it in the next episode. We still not, did not address the two emails that we got. <laughs> we didn't even reply damn. to them. Damn well, it. Yeah, we, we'll get there. Yep. It's been the holidays. <laughs> Give us a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Rockfin, too. Check us out on Rockfin. Oh, yeah. Uh, for now, if you want some cool merch, myconspiracytees.com slash bring on the weird public.com and search bring on a weird or zazzle.com slash store slash bring on a weird all right got anything else nothing buddy all right stay weird world and we'll see you guys next time hey what's up everybody this is joey calvez i want to tell you guys a little bit about the department of metahuman affairs this one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're gonna get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now.